Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sea Road Community Podcast. I am your host, once again, Jason, and with me on this conversation is Mr. Kyle Brunton. Kyle, welcome. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you, despite my allergy voice. Do you have allergies? Uh, no, thankfully, no. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I love trees, and then those trees, they love to hate me with their pollen or something. But hey, I'm so glad that you're joining us today on this call. It's going to be an awesome time just to get to know you a little bit more and share with our listeners a little bit more about who you are. Now, if you don't know who Kyle is, Kyle's a pretty important guy here around Sea Road because he's our board vice chair on our local board of administration, meaning that he is a valuable, integral part of our leadership structure and just somebody that I looked up to and respect quite a bit. So I'm glad to have you on this call and we're going to get started right away. So tell us a little bit more about how you came to be at Sea Road, Kyle. Well, well, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I'm glad to be here and uh, glad we're getting a chance to connect. Uh, so I guess the journey to Sea Road was a uh, I guess in a sense, a long one for us. We've had a, uh, I, my wife, Heather and I were actually celebrating 23 years married this year. Um, and during Ooh. that time we've had, yeah, we've had <laughs> a number of adventures along the way, which have led us to various parts of the province of Ontario. Uh, so we grew up in Southwestern Ontario, uh, met Heather when I was 18. Um, we were in Sarnia, got married and, um, kind of put down roots in, in Sarnia. And then, um, the job I had unfortunately ended the plant closed and I ended up, uh, we ended up in here on Perth area. Um, during that time we had three kids. So we've got three teenagers, 16, 17 and 19, uh, Cassie, Luke and Ben. And um, after we were up in here on uh, Perth area, we ended up um, that plant closed and we ended up in London, Ontario where we lived for a few years and then uh, got a opportunity to come to Eastern Ontario and we ended up in Brockville and I was here for about three months before the family came and it was kind of exploring the area and I heard about Centennial Road so uh, while I was living here in an apartment I, uh, I attended a couple services and kind of felt uh, a sense of community at Sea Road um, and as soon as the kids showed up one of the first connections that they had was actually the youth group that at Centennial Road and were felt very welcomed um, and we instantly kind of felt part of the family so we we ended up at Centennial Road and have been here since 2017 so that's super awesome to hear I mean some people probably have not found it maybe as easy as maybe you have in order to find a connection here we can be sometimes intimidating to people when there's more than like four people gathered in a room it's like oh where do I fit where do I connect and and I'm really encouraged to hear that through a group kind of structure like youth or whatever, you found your fit and your connection as a family. That's really, really awesome. Um, speaking of jobs, what's the most interesting job you have ever had? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I've been fortunate. I've had a number of jobs over the years. I, I was a baker for a period of time, uh, a donut baker. I was a farmhand for a number of years. I did... Uh, construction, uh, done <laughs> a lot of those types of jobs. Uh, but I'd say the most interesting one I have ever had is the one I have now. Uh, so I've been in human resources for quite a few years, I think almost 18 years now. And um, I'd say it's very interesting because I don't think I've ever had a boring day. And mm. I've always felt this kind of, maybe it's a mission that God's kind of put me in and the 
I think probably over 600 people I've interacted with over the past 18 years has been, uh, it's, it's been interesting. I made a lot of relationships, a lot of connections and the challenge of the job has been very, very interesting. So. Yeah, I bet, I bet it would be. Um, I'm just really kind of curious about what sort of linkage there would be from being a farmhand to being somebody in HR. Like, were there any thing that any things that you could pull from in your time experience working on a farm and now working with people? Um, I think there's, there's always been, I think the important part of anything is relationship, right? Connecting with people, working with people, um, at, you know, as a team or, you know, contributing as an individual contributor, there's always elements that we, that we do. So working on the farm, it was, yeah, very team-based approach in the workplace, very team-based approach, uh, you know, cooperation is, is very important. So, yeah, I'd say that's one of the links. I think working at the, the farm taught me, you know, the, the, the power of hard work and dedication and, and following through on things. Because if mm -hmm. you didn't do it, it didn't get done. And I think that stuck with me through a lot of years, that, uh, that hard work mindset. I like what you just said there. If you don't, didn't do it, it doesn't get done. And you're right. On a farm, if you don't do something, it doesn't get done. It, like if you don't close that fence, the livestock can just leave, right? If you don't make sure that they have something to eat, then they're going to starve. Like if you don't do something, it doesn't get done. And it just kind of makes me think about people like that's the same way we should be treating people to the best of our ability. None of us are perfect, but if we are going to say we're going to do something, we follow through with that. Um, and on time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you ever encountered situations where that hasn't been the case? Maybe, maybe we can't talk about anything currently in your workplace, but just in life in general, where, you know, somebody maybe with good intentions, shared with you like oh yeah i want to i want to do this but then there was just a lack of follow-through uh, i guess sadly i think we've all experienced that over a lifetime and i mean i probably i've probably been guilty of it myself as you know i you know, overcommit to things and end up uh maybe not doing everything that you had hoped but yeah in, in the workplace i've had a few experiences of that where you've had leaders that unfortunately didn't live up to their their, I call it duty as a leader to, you know, do the right thing for their people. And they kind of advocated their, um, the responsibility of, of handling the important people issues and kind of ignored them. So, mm. you know, when you hire somebody as a manager and say, you know, your, your job is to lead a team of people and they don't lead their people well, it, it's very unfortunate. So I, I have seen that over the years. And unfortunately, it's meant some leadership changes over the years. Sure, sure it would. Yeah. And I love what you said, like, you know, working with people, relational relational skills are so important wherever we happen to be within an organization or just a community like a church. Like, how do we make people feel welcome and, and host them well, while also, you know, recognizing people that have been around for a very long time and doing a, a job to make sure that they continue to feel loved and supported and cared for right where they are as they venture through different stages of life. That's, that's the challenge. Um, one, of the main, one of the many things that I've appreciated about getting to know you and your family is um, in terms of volunteering, it's like, where don't you volunteer? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've been involved in a variety of different things in our church over the years since you've been involved. Um, what, what have been some of your favorites? Oh, wow. 
yeah, over the years, I had the opportunity to, you know, do a number of things. Um, I think I go back to, I was a camp cook for a number of years. So like there'd be large events and I'd be, you know, doing uh, cooking for large events, including camps. And I, and I love that, just the challenge of it, the excitement and, and the exhaustion and long hours. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, recently, though, I'd say I, I had an opportunity, kind of felt a calling to work with youth um, starting back in 2018. And I, I spent a couple of years working with the youth at Centennial Road. And, and I really enjoyed that time and that season to kind of connect with uh, youth, <laughs> help me feel a bit younger and kind of, you know, was involved with what my kids were involved with. Um, but that, that, was a, that was a lot of fun. And I spent a number of years uh, volunteering with Scouts Canada and um, worked with the Scout Age groups. And I mean, we did trips all over. We went to Algonquin Park and did week-long excursions and hiking through the mountains in, uh, in New, uh, New Mexico. And we've had some amazing experiences. So as a leader, that was uh, pretty, pretty impactful to me, uh, working with the youth. No doubt. What has been one of your kind of most challenging scenarios in all of the volunteering that you've done, the one that's kind of been most outside of your comfort zone? I think um, spent some time working with um, the food bank and, um, you know, supporting people that unfortunately are in a position that where they're less fortunate and, you know, fall on hard times. And it's, um, it's very humbling to, to work with people that are going through a struggle and, and doing so with grace and compassion and, and the spirit to, to help others. Um, you know, you, it's, it's heartbreaking sometimes to hear stories of people and what they're going through. So I think that's been the most eye-opening for me and maybe the most uh, humbling experience as a, as a volunteer. Yeah, no doubt to even in like your own city, right. To see people that, that, uh, need some help and some community and connection. And I remember when I was living in Calgary, I had, a, I had the privilege of working. I was on a regular team of people that would log a shift at our interfaith food bank is what it was called. And my job was actually to pack the groceries for people as they walked through the lineup. There's different things that uh, each each group of people was was entitled to based on the size of their family and and the recommendation that came from uh, another social agency that referred them to us or whatever and to what i tried to do was just kind of generate some conversation with them as i'm literally putting their groceries into bags and trying to brighten their day at night i saw all different kinds of people in those lineups over the years uh, people who Maybe you would stereotype and say, oh, yeah, for sure, they would be somebody that the food bank would support, whether that's a single parent or an elderly person living on their own. But I also saw some folks that looked like they worked in downtown Calgary, like they were dressed exceptionally well, but they were in line because they, too, were in a financial crunch of a situation um, that where they needed some help and some support with just the basic needs. And so... I learned not to judge a book by its cover, I guess you could say, because so many of those conversations were were more of a blessing to me than they probably were to the people that we were serving in the moment. Um, oh, but absolutely. you're right. Yeah. You're right. Like, you know, we can step outside of our comfort zones. But I think that's it's an important thing that it's all about relation, right? In those in those moments and those connections. It's all about a one-on-one -on -one connection with someone 
you know, whether it's sharing the gospel or just sharing a piece of you with them, uh, sharing a story or just learning, getting to know someone is, is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is a little bit of an off the wall question, considering the, the subject that we just covered and kind of being connected to people and being real. But if you were changing your name, what name would you choose to, to become called in the moment? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I would say one of the names that's always resonated with me is John. Um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, the name kind of means basically, you know, graced by God or given God's grace, um, and the impact of John the Baptist uh, through the story of the, of the Bible. So I'd say that's one name that I, I would resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I almost was named Colin by my parents. It was between Colin and Jason. So I'm glad they chose Jason. <laughs> but there was actually a point in time where I didn't like the name Jason because uh, it's spelled J-A-S-O-N, but you say it sin, not son, right? And so for whatever reason, as a young kid, I was devastated one day. I couldn't believe my parents who loved Jesus would put sin in my name. I was like so hurt by it. I, I remember going to my room and like crying and I was like <laughs> hysterical probably. And my mom and dad come in and they're like, what, what's the difference? Like what's going on? And I'm telling them and they're like, yeah, but it's spelled S O N. So it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. And then instantly I was fine. Like, yes. you know how kids are. Sometimes they get something in their mind and they can't see around it. And then my goodness. Yeah, it's so but, funny. Uh, man. Yeah, I mean, when we were selecting names for our kids, I was trying to think of all the coolest names out there, like Archer, Hunter, and then my then Bonnie was b bugging me and was like, "Well, if we're gonna name one Hunter, then we should probably name the other one Gatherer." Um, so, <laughs> well, it's, fun, it's funny you mentioned stuff. names. Our, our youngest, um, Benjamin, uh, you, you knew him or you know yeah. him. Uh, he was actually Matthew when he was born. So when he was first born, then we had picked out the name Matthew. It was and um and it was funny my wife and i both looked at him and we said no he's not a matthew and we ended up with ben um and our our daughter who was three when uh, when ben was born she we were driving by the hospital one day and she said that's where baby matthew is and it was so funny because i mean the three of us or all five of us are in the car all three kids and ben, ben's with us and she's maybe matthew's still up in the hospital <laughs> she was convinced <laughs> that he was still there because that was we went to the hospital to have a baby matthew and came home with a ben so <laughs> yeah that's a great conspiracy theory a baby exchange going on there way to go that's it oh super funny um what is one thing that Jesus has been teaching or showing you during this COVID pandemic season? Uh, COVID has been such a disruptor, I think, for everybody. And, you know, it's it's been a, a paradigm shifter and a upheaval for, for so many, I think, myself included. I think I've gone through ups and downs and sideways. And I've, uh, from a work point of view, there's so many decisions had to be made on the fly. And so I guess I've I've learned... Disruption is not always bad. Sometimes it's a way to, to shake up and, and, you know, come apart from unhealthy things or, you know, shed some things that are not as, um, not as important. 
But I think the, the most fundamental thing is uh, the sense of community and the importance of community. Because yeah. I saw so many people that were impacted by isolation, um, separation, and you know fatigue. And even though we were connecting online, uh, people that felt so disconnected. And I saw so many opportunities of people within the church that got together and on, on an individual basis connected with people. So not so much in the corporate gatherings, but in one-to-one connections and stories of people going and you know, bringing groceries to elderly neighbors or, or just, you know, driving people to appointments because like cab services weren't working. Um, and so, so many ways that the community came together and saw all these touch points. And especially within the church, the, the people within the church that cared for, for those that may not, that they may not have before. So that's, that's something that COVID taught me. That's really cool. And, uh, you know, I'm with you there, you know, just hearing the stories of how we, people have been able to leverage the opportunity, even though it was something that maybe we wouldn't choose or have chosen to done if we, if we were given an option. Um, but, you know, it, we, we were kind of playing the hand that we were dealt, so to speak, and trying to make the most of the opportunities um, that, that we did have. Uh, available to us in the moment and through the season. But Kyle, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be people that listen to this that maybe don't maybe agree with us. Maybe they, they haven't experienced a sense of community in connecting with, with Sea Road or even just through the pandemic. It's just left them feeling numb, fractured, um, maybe disillusioned. What would you say to somebody that finds himself at a place like that? Oh, wow. It's, and it's hard because, you know, it's, it's where people's hearts and heads are. Um, yep. You know, if people are feeling in that place where it's despair and, and loneliness and it's, it's an individual thing to come away from that and, 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 and kind of improve the situation. But I'd say that, you know, God's timing is good and all is always, um, how do I put that? Yeah, God's timing is always good. Uh, you know, maybe someone may be um, resisting a call of God on their life. And, you know, God has great plans for us. And you know, Jeremiah says, you know, I, I have great plans to prosper you. Um, and, you know, I think through seasons like this, people see the things that are important. You know, so sometimes it's that finding the silver lining in life, maybe shedding some things that we, we didn't have before COVID came, um, you know, I think of the family time that um, the families that were struggling that, you know, felt disconnected, but then all of a sudden you spent so much time together as a family and the family units that bonded because of it. So, I mean, there's that silver lining approach, but I would say, say to somebody that that's struggling, it's that, you know, this um, situation is temporary and, you know, we will get through it, but um the important thing is to main, uh, maintain community and maintain connection with community um, and, you know, find an opportunity to serve somebody else, I think is the, one of the most important things is that if you're feeling down yourself, find an opportunity to help somebody else is a good way to lift yourself up. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea there, Kyle, because sometimes we're, we're allowed to experience something not for our own personal growth, although a lot of times that is the case, but so that we were, we're able to identify with somebody else that is experiencing something um, that could be really paralyzing for them. You know, so if we ourselves are feeling lonely, 
How do we counteract that? Well, we be the solution to somebody else's loneliness. Um, you know, yeah. we may we reach out we for a phone call or or text or or whatever, and and I think that's uh, that's hard to do sometimes because I like when people serve me. You know, yeah. it's easier when, when I pull up to a takeout window. I'm not I'm not in the kitchen putting that meal together. I'm a, I'm in my car waiting for somebody to hand me something. Yep. You know, and and it's different when. You know, somebody comes to my house and I'm now responsible to make the meal. You know, um, it's a different mentality. But And and stepping out in faith to say that, you know, someone may not want help. They may say that they don't want it, but stepping out and and saying, you know, I'm going to take the initiative to to do something for somebody else. It's a big uplifting um, personal thing. Absolutely. And if I could, I mean, I go back to a story that, you know, God puts us in situations that stretch us. And I'm a firm believer in that. So through the course of our marriage, we've had two kind of major events that were shook our world, right? Um, Our daughter was born prematurely um, at about uh, 23 weeks. Heather ended up in the hospital and was in the hospital for a month before our daughter was born, who was then born basically a month premature. And going through that experience, we, we encountered people after that who were going through something similar and we were able to, you know, stand by them and be in step with them to help them through it. And with our son, Luke, who was born uh, with down syndrome, um, there was a very bad diagnosis when we were in the third trimester. Um, The doctors basically had said that uh, there was hydrocephalus and that he was probably going to be either stillborn or would require surgery immediately upon birth and that it was going to be a very serious situation. And even just finding out that you're going to have a child with special needs is like, there's a grieving process you go through. But in the community, we got connected with so many people that were then going through what we had just been through. And again, we were able to walk alongside them. And so I think God puts us in those spots to prepare us to, to help others. You know, you, it's, it's hard to appreciate what somebody else is going through if you haven't experienced some of that yourself. And, Absolutely. You know, and you can be in step with someone because of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have the, the, the integrity of a situation. Like if, if um, you're working with a single parent family and you've never been a single parent, uh, you can only empathize to a certain degree. You know, um, I love Luke, by the way, he's so fun. Oh yeah. Uh, he's got the best jokes. Number one. And number two, he has always got a smile, which I really appreciate. In fact, he was, uh, I think he was making a delivery with Heather somewhere. And I saw him in the, the van while it was still running. And I almost got into the van because Heather wasn't in it and moved it. And then I was like, wait a minute, I might, I might be, uh, you know, opening Pandora's box here. And I, you know, Luke, Luke might challenge me to a fight and I'm going to lose that fight if he does. <laughs> So I'm going to not do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun uh, just to get to know him and, and uh, see all the joy that he can bring to almost every situation. Oh, absolutely. He's a, he's quick with a hug and to tell people he loves them. So very caring heart. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That's so good. You know, for those of you who are listening and maybe you've uh, really connected with part of our stories that we've been sharing or something that Kyle has said, and you want to find out more, 
um, I just want to go ahead and encourage you to, to reach out to us. You can send me an email, jason at centennialroad.com. If you want to get into touch with Kyle directly, I, I would be happy to facilitate or broker that relationship in some way. Um, but I guess what, what I would want you to know and, and take away from this conversation is to know that you're not alone. No matter what you're facing in this moment, whether you're looking forward to the future with, with great excitement and anticipation or a, a sense of reluctancy or dread even, um, you're not alone. And there are people, whether he, that's here at Centennial Road Church or other spaces in our region that are worth knowing, worth connecting with and have something to offer you. But you also have something to offer them. So wherever you are, get connected. That's what I would say. What, what about you, Kyle? Oh, I agree. I think the doing life without community, without connection, and without relationship is, I, I can't imagine how, how people do it. So, you know, and, and there's so many ways to connect within community. So I'd say find those opportunities. And if, if no one's connecting with you, find someone to connect with. There you go. Find someone to connect with if no one is connecting with you or seeking you out. Hey, we're not a perfect community. We're not a perfect church, but we're a church that strives to love and live like Jesus to the best of our ability. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sea Road Community Podcast. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate Thanks. your time. Thanks, Jason.